0: You're listening to Symposium, a year round conference in the arts brought to you by Pipeline Artists.
1: All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Symposium's special event tonight with Romy Mundi. Uh, we're going to be discussing TikTok and other social media platforms for creatives. And I'm really happy that Romi is here to kind of give us a little bit of, you know, introduction into that world. I'm personally wading into it. And, uh, I think I need a little help (laughs) on that front. So thanks for joining us, Robbie.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I would love for this to be as informal as possible. I'm literally just gonna talk about my experiences, some things I've discovered, but throughout, like please like tell me what you hate about social media, what you don't wanna do. questions about, do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? Because there are a lot of things that I didn't want to do and that I still refuse to do. So I am by no means an ambassador for like Mark Zuckerberg or (laughs) whomever. (laughs) Um, So it's, it's definitely a challenge. And as you can see, I definitely geeked out on a four page handout. And the reason I did that was because I didn't want to you know, come here with like a PowerPoint and just be like five steps to, you know, growing your followers because A, right. there is no magic formula. And B, I, I think a lot of us are in the same camp, at least from like the pipeline authors chat and just the cool people I've met on Twitter, which is like, we don't want to just sell our souls to gain sure. more followers, right? So if you're a creator, like how do you balance those worlds when we actually want to be spending our free time
1: creating. Right. I I absolutely hear you on that front. And um, just for some, a little bit of housekeeping, everybody, I mean, please utilize the chat over there for comments. I think Jeannie's over there in the chat. I think she also just dropped um, Rumi's awesome handout into there uh, for resources uh, during the talk. If you have any particular questions, um, please hit them with us. for me is going to be, you know, I'm sure answering questions left and right about this, but drop them in the Q and a, and we will get to them as the discussion, um, unravels and unwinds yeah. and you
0: know, all that we fun stuff. Totally, and, yeah, we can totally go on the fly. So if you absolutely. have a question, like two minutes in, go for it, I already see something in yeah, there. There's already
1: questions popping in. I love that. I love that. So really quickly, Just so everybody is aware of who Rumi is, I want to read her uh, bio to everybody and then we will get started. Does that sound good, Rumi? Yeah. All Mm -hmm. right. So uh, Romy Mundy is a Canadian writer who primarily writes romantic comedies with the aim to make people laugh and activate your heartstrings. I love that. And maybe even make your eyes produce some salty discharge. Her 2022 diverse romantic comedy novel, 24 Hours in Paris, received a publisher's weekly starred review and was the publisher's weekly 2022 number one summer romance read. Missing in Paris, her romantic comedy feature screenplay was a 2020 big break screenwriting contest quarterfinalist, which is top 3%, and also received an official recommend rating from Script Pipeline, which, by the way, is very difficult to acquire because everybody here at Pipeline are writers and we have very high standards. So when she's not writing or traveling, and I think you just got back from Paris, right? So, Italy, Italy. Oh, in Italy, excuse me, in Italy. <laughs> R- Romy can definitely be found in Toronto copywriting for her clients. So Romy, thank you so much for coming again this evening. And uh, yeah, let's get started. We'll do a back and forth tonight. Sound sure. good?
0: Okay. So I just need to like to mellow. I have um sparkling rosé.
1: Yeah. Oh, this
0: podcast <laughs> needs a title mug because... I got to do episode 21 with the awesome Peter and Erica. So, so I just check excited. it out. It's a great episode. It's one of my favorites. Oh yeah. So there you go. that's your lips. Okay. That just like helps me calm. I don't know if other people are like that too, but you know, before a presentation, obviously for work, I can't always do that. But if it's not like a nine to five thing, like to just take a shot of something like, you know, it helps take the edge off before you have to present, um, cause I've had to do for book stuff, like some virtual calls, well, which is another thing, you know, you have to do a lot of when you're promoting yourself. Um, but even I like consider myself an extrovert, like maybe a six out of 10, not an extreme extrovert where like, I can't be alone with my thoughts. I'm not, <laughs> That extreme, but I, I don't know about you guys, but I still get nervous when I have to present, like, even if it's a virtual call, even now, like when I was going on this call and clicking join, there's like that feeling. It's
1: a little annoying bit
0: of a flutter, little bit. Yeah. Of and it's annoying yeah. that that never goes away. Like I thought it was a school thing, but anyway, that's just an annoying aside that has, see, this whole thing is going to be various asides, but that's why I created the handout for you guys. All the info is there, but to trace back, okay, I'm going to start with TikTok because I guess that was half the handout. Um, so it was probably around November. My, so my book was coming out in May. So May 10th. So it was about five or six months before. So if you're in that traditional publishing world, that is when you know it's sort of the expectation begins that you have to start building interest for your book by mm-hmm. then the pre-order link was available and i i was self-published for many years so this was my first traditionally published book so one thing i learned was mm-hmm how important it is to promote pre-orders, which I had never heard of before, like why? Um, But I guess, you know, it shows the bookstores that there's demand, so it'll make them want to order stock for when it comes out. It's important for libraries too. Then it's like a whole ecosystem. So pre-orders, big deal. So that was already a thing. Six months out, plus um, the book cover was about to come out. So it was like, oh, so you know, authors, uh, they do like a a reveal. So like, that's a whole thing that I learned on social media. You have to do a reveal. It's like, you're putting on a show, you're a showman. So you make a little video and stuff. So even before TikTok, um, my publisher had suggested to me to check out Canva and because I'm not good with Photoshop. I'm the first to admit, and I just hate you know, when you want to do something simple and then you're watching like seven tutorial videos and you're spending way too much time on something so trivial and small. And so that's also my biggest hang up with social media. Like I want to promote myself and I know I have to use various mediums, but I don't want to like spend a shitload of time doing that because I don't have time for that. Right. Right. Um, So the handout does cover that in terms of like using content from TikTok and using it for an Instagram reel and stuff like that. Um, but basically, so I suck at Photoshop and then I was exploring Canva and just realizing how easy it is to just, if you have the pro account, you can just, there's a huge stock library of images, video clips for mm-hmm. reels. Um, it's so easy to superimpose text, to animate the text, you know, and to make like actual videos, like text and graphic videos with, with motion. Um, so for me, like that was a good investment. Cause I feel like everything you do ultimately, you know, you have your own personal budget. So it's going to be what you're comfortable with. So for me, I was like, you know, it's going to take me hundreds of hours on Photoshop. So it is worth the investment. I'm going to get the one year Canva pro. And mm-hmm. let me tell you in the last six months, like if I was to show you my list of Canva pro projects, So many. Cause even sometimes when I want to do an Instagram story, but I want it to look kind of cool. I just go to Canva Pro. And sometimes it only takes me like 10 minutes. So I am I'm not getting a kickback to Canva Pro. (laughs) I just want people (laughs) to know that sponsored, you know. (laughs) And this is not sponsored. (laughs) This whole thing is free, but that was just my experience because I was just so nervous about the fact that am I going to be out on Photoshop at three AM, having to
1: oh god, yeah, you know,
0: to do all this shit, and so that made it super easy, yeah. Anyway, so and then just TikTok was like always looming, and there was always you know the gentle push: you should check it out, and you should check Book Talk. And you know when you go into a bookstore now, there's like tables that say trending on Book Talk, and so. It was especially hard for me um, because I'm basically like Abraham Simpson from the Simpsons and I'm old man yells <laughs> out cloud. Like I do not want to learn new technology. I'm whatever you want to call it, an elder millennial. So it was really hard for me to wrap myself like my head around a medium that is owned by Gen Z or oh, sorry, I'm Canadian. It's Gen. Is it Gen Z? Do you guys say Z?
1: We say Gen Z, but in. So it's Gen Z up in Canada. All right, cool. Yeah. Gen Z, Gen Z, whatever. Um, it was
0: so intimidating. But at a certain point, I was like, you know, I was self published for 10 years and I had to do everything myself. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is new territory for me to learn something new. Yeah. And that being said, you know, I, have like spend a lot of time in author discussions and forums and stuff. And so I know that even when you're traditionally published, that doesn't mean you just like kick back and relax, right? Like you you still have to do your own marketing. And that doesn't mean like it's a ripoff or whatever, because, oh my gosh, my marketing team has done so many things that I never could have applied for. I never could have gotten on my own. So they're covering that area. But at the end of the day, like Every Tuesday is book release day. So every Tuesday, a slew of new books come out. So it's like, you know, you have your release day and you're on a high. And seven days later, no one cares about you anymore. So it's, it is it is kind of up to you. Like if you want to break through the noise, you are ultimately going to have to do some marketing. And because it's 2022, so much of that is on social media.
1: And when you say that a book comes out, you said every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So is, is that off? Is that on book talk specifically? Like, could you, could you do like a little bit of a background on that? Oh, okay. like, so, like- it, yeah. It was something I
0: learned apparently in the traditional publishing industry. Like there are some books that'll come out on a different day, but typically in the trad world, like Tuesday is release day. Mm-hmm. I did not know that that was something yeah. I learned. Right. And I wrote a romantic comedy and excuse me, um, for romance, it's even more competitive. So it's like every Tuesday, like 12 romances come out and I'm like, Oh shit. Like, you know, so how are you supposed to stay in the conversation? Right. Um, so then I still had six months to go. So I was like, you know what? Let me just open the stupid TikTok account. I have plenty of time to play around with it. I have plenty of time to screw up. Plenty of time to be a loser with no followers. So I went in at that time. And the first thing I learned was unfortunately, there's like no crossover hardly with my TikTok, my my Twitter followers and TikTok. So I'm like posting stuff and I have like three followers. So that made me sad (laughs) to start. So first, you know, you're gonna have to check your ego at the door when you're starting with TikTok. Do you want me to answer
1: a couple questions? I see that there's they're really building up, aren't they? Yeah. Should we just do that? I'll jump back in. Yeah, let's let's go through a couple here. Um okay, so Chelsea, Chrisman is asking, do you need an author platform these days to be successful? Um, Old school authors were harmless, but now it unfortunately seems online fame and branding are almost as important as the writing. Thoughts on this.
0: So I wouldn't go as far as like, like branding. So there's something Mm -hmm. I see on social media. Um, I see hardcore promoting. I see people that either rebrand their accounts as an author account or they create Mm. an author account and then so all they do is post about books so that might work for them um but i'm sort of in your camps which was kind of like do i really have to do all this and so i wasn't comfortable being like okay now my Romy mundi account is Romy mundi author account like I had to call myself writer on Facebook because in order to have a page, like you need to have some sort of category, but I was like, no, I love to travel. I love cooking, you know, in the pandemic, I was trying out different recipes and that was my Instagram account. So I wasn't willing to fully rebrand myself. And honestly, the accounts that I mute the most are the ones that only post about their book. Like it, it just becomes a blur and it's like ad blur. Like I work in advertising. It's like when everything's the same, you don't notice anything. So I would just say, no, you don't have to brand yourself, but if you are on social media, if you can incorporate your writing life into your posts and still be a human being, because then people might actually be interested in what you're doing. So if it's not, you're cooking today, if it's oh, I wrote 2000 words today. And you share an Instagram story of like your writing space or something. Um, so I don't know if that helps answer your question. I do think it's different though, from the days where you didn't have to like do anything just because so much is pre-order at this link or Mm -hmm. check out my book here. So it's hard to have no presence, I would say, but maybe you can find a medium, a happy medium.
1: So do you feel like platform, I mean, do you do you really think like platform directly feeds into sales, you know, like like gaining sales or even getting published in the first place of like uh, literally an editor of publishing house taking a look at your social media following? I mean, do, do you feel like that holds any sway in those kinds of decisions in terms of a publishing house literally picking up a manuscript and saying, okay, based on this following, we're going to get X number of sales? For fiction? No, absolutely not. And the reason I say that is
0: because uh, when I I discovered that there was this amazing Slack channel and it's called 22 Debuts. And so these wonderful volunteers put it together. So next year for the 23 releases, it'll be called 23 Debuts. So you should find them on Twitter if we have a book coming out next year and you're a debut. But basically all the debuts are in this chat. And then I I found them and then I followed them on Twitter. And I don't think hardly anyone even had over a thousand followers. Right. But they all got book deals. So for fiction, absolutely not. I think that's a myth. Like you do not have to be this, you know, behold my 30 K followers or my new check mark. Like that's all bullshit. Cause at the end of the day, cause I also like follow those hashtags. Like when the agents are looking for a cool pitch about a book, you know, how there's like pitch days on Twitter sometimes for fiction And they're requesting stuff based on the premise, not based on the followers. I think where you need it is when you're ramping up to a
1: launch, then you will need at least an account and you need to at least start using it. Yeah. of of Interacting with the audience, promotion, self-promotion, that whole thing.
0: I can actually give you an example of that. Um, Mm -hmm. I may have actually put this in my handout. It technically was before my book signing on Saturday so but I was noting in the handout on Instagram that I was boosting a post to my hometown that I was going to so our version of Barnes and Noble is indigo and so they were hosting a book signing in my hometown but I haven't lived there for many years I don't know a lot of people there anymore so I was like how how can I get people to come So I did a boosted post on Instagram, which by the way, you don't have to break the bank on that kind of advertising. It's you can do like $6 a day, not saying that that's cheap. I know everyone, especially with inflation is on a budget, but if you're like, these are my long-term goals, you can allocate a small amount. So I'm like, I'm going to target Kitchener, the city and their surrounding cities So I go to the book signing on Saturday and the first person I meet this, this adorable 60 something woman comes up to me and she go, and I was like, Oh, have you read the book? And she's holding it. She just bought it. She wants me to sign it. And she's like, I had never heard of you three days ago. I saw your post on Instagram and I thought I'm going to try to make it on Saturday. Wow. (laughs) And that was through the ad and, and multiple people through the ad. So that's why I'm saying it's, it's important. Like it's a tool you can use, like, it doesn't mean, okay, I'm an author now I have to have 10,000 followers. It's it's, it's a tool that you can leverage. Um, and depending, like, even if you're not an author, if you work on screenwriting or music or something else, like depending on your goals, you can leverage
1: social media. Awesome absolutely and that's why we're here to discuss that specifically so and i have another question for you um i like this this is from uh, jr O'Brien. i'm not old school but dot 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 you know i've been writing and working as an editor for over 10 years and social media is so beyond me i'm hoping this session can help and that's why we're here jr so (laughs) i appreciate you coming tonight yeah. And, yeah. I, yeah. and absolutely. And
0: I feel like what I love about Twitter specifically is let's say you're overwhelmed. Like for me, that's like a discussion area. And mm-hmm. I put that in my handout because when I got to the section on Twitter for social media, it was fairly short. You'll note because it was like, Well, actually, this is a place where I've met really cool people and I've had really great conversations and I wasn't like a drug pusher trying to constantly push my book Mm -hmm. on people, you know, and there are those who do, you know, you follow someone back and the next thing you know, they're DMing you their book link and asking you to buy it or review it. Immediate, yeah. Like, do you not live in society? Do you not know how to be a normal Mm-hmm. human being. Um, but that's what I love about Twitter. Like take Jeannie, for example, I, we followed each other. There used to be like these Twitter lists back in like 2009. And I guess there was a list of writers and we started following each other. Like I've read her balls, balls of steel columns, all the stuff she's done. I've been so inspired by, it. and then we've gotten to know each other. And so when Pipeline Artists, the website launched, and I was, you know, I'd just gotten a book deal, I think. And then, you know, she reached out to me. She's like, do you want to write an article about your experience? So it's just like very organic. And so if you're someone who who is like, you know, all this stuff is just really beyond me. I feel like there's a couple really good weekly chats. Like there's Pipeline Authors thursday 8 p.m eastern and then there's pipeline writers which is usually more screenwriting focused on fridays
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you can there like in the first hour sometimes there's a topic but then you can just talk about whatever you want and i've had all kinds of discussions there and and people are really nice so if you yeah. feel like oh,
1: this is also overwhelming like ask a question and use a hashtag for sure Yeah, definitely. You can start at those places. Like when we said, everybody is incredibly welcoming and it's open, you know, very open to beginner writers or even, well, in this case, an editor of 10 years, but maybe beginners to social media, I think can be helpful. We actually had one of our own pipeline uh, peers who maybe shall remain nameless until Erica drops his name on Twitter who had never joined the Twitterverse and waded into the waters actually this past year. And he has been a great addition to the community there so which is yeah and
0: I feel like there's there's a couple editors too that are regulars at Pipeline Authors too like you don't necessarily have to be a writer but if you want to discuss that whole world like they're very welcoming
1: yeah definitely so uh, another question for you Romy: what advice would you have for someone exploring self publishing specifically a book for young children which one a children's book? Specifically a book for young children. Yeah. What do you think?
0: Um Well, one thing I will say is I don't know anything about illustration. Um So if that's something you need, I'm not the expert. So I'm just going to say that off the top. However, when I was self-publishing and at the time I, when I was trying to learn everything about it, I was using a Kindle boards. It was a message board. I'm not sure if that still exists. It might, but I'm sure there's some equivalent 10 years later. But anyway, it was all categorized. And there were people writing children's books who were seeking out illustrators. Um, I used something similar. There was a category for cover artists. And that's how I found my cover artist. Um, so I imagine that 10 years later, there's way more resources online. And mm-hmm. you know, hopefully it's really organized. But I, I wrote a Pipeline Artist article about how I initially tried to get it traditionally published. I was rejected by over a hundred literary agents. And then wow. I heard, yeah. And then I heard about uh, Kindle self-publishing or in like 2010, but I didn't know anything about it. So I just spent hours and hours researching online, learning everything I could. And so my point is, I think right now the information is much better organized. So yeah. hopefully you don't have to spend like a thousand a
1: and a note on that. I mean, I, I dabble in children's books myself. And so you can go to the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators um for a lot of questions that can be answered. In fact, there's a really big conference coming up at the end of September, September thirtieth through October second. First one in two years since the pandemic started. And uh that's a great place to go to try to get, you know, become part of a group, and also to find illustrators and other children's writers. Even enter like children's book contests. You know, there's all kinds of opportunities in that particular society. So, uh, check it out.
0: Yeah, and and just overall, I'd say like yes, I, this book is traditionally published. i feel very fortunate that there's a sequel coming out next summer. So I'm going to get really heavy into working on that but i had a great self publishing experience and if if it made sense in the future i have no problem self publishing again like it was it's just very satisfying in a different way because you have control over everything and right. i'm very type a so the hardest thing for me switching to trad was relinquishing like all kinds of control like yeah. across yeah. the board so that was like a learning experience for me because i love that about self-publishing.
1: Yeah. And I know you're going to cover going into this specifically, but I mean, I mean, you, you kind of, you tapped into it already a little bit, but we have, uh, Chelsea also asking, um, like how to start out when social media, like, like how to utilize social media to specifically promote your writing? Like, what do you feel like are non-obtrusive, um, engaging and effective ways of doing that? Um, do you, I guess, do you mean if
0: you have a book coming out or or just,
1: okay, I think just in general, she said she has an author website, but she said that's pretty much it. So I'm assuming there is not a book coming out at this point.
0: Okay. Um, I mean, I, when, if you're, I think Twitter is a great place to start. If, um, you don't like, you just want to put yourself out there. And I know I said like, Oh, well, don't go DMing people, but that's like people that are on the extreme. But there's uh, two really good hashtags. There's writing community is a great hashtag for even when you just have a question or or when you're like, oh, I'm doing the 7 a.m. Writers Club. Who's with me today? And it's just like start to develop a rapport with people, get to know people, have a discussion. I'm telling you, like people will organically become interested in what you're doing and it'll flow. And I feel like when it's natural. It, it's just like so much more satisfying that way too. And, you know, maybe that's a little more slow than like, you know, I'm going to tweet 50 times a day and I'm going to use the hashtag, but like you will be able to sleep at night. <laughs> Basically, like you won't lose your soul in the process. Book Twitter is also a great hashtag for screenwriting. Uh, I think Sunday nights, script chat. I used to be on script chat all the time and mm-hmm. I was submitting to contests and stuff. And oh my gosh, that was even just such a great place to commiserate when you're waiting on contest results or You know, people, people being vulnerable, like sharing, like I didn't advance to the next round and just people are so supportive. And just from that alone, you'll get to know people. Um, I would say definitely utilize also Linktree um, because what I love about that is you can share multiple links in your LinkedIn bio and you can switch it up all the time. And that has been really helpful for me. Um, because I can share my blog. Cause I still have a blog. I still blog. I just don't have as much time to do it. Um, I have a newsletter. I have like a main website, which has my copywriting and my book stuff. And then of course, every book link at each retailer, I can list it all. And then you can see how many people clicked on it too. So that's also a way to track, like, is your social media working, you know? So when you post something like, oh, I just posted a new chapter of something, check it out in my link in bio. And then you can actually track it, which is helpful
1: too, to see your progress. Oh, that's awesome. I like that a lot. I've never used Linktree. So yeah, love it. And it's free. Awesome. Do you want to keep going in your specific talk or do you want me to feel more questions at you? I
0: mean We can just
1: keep like, if questions keep coming, I can definitely keep answering them.
0: I have no issue with that. Cause like, like I said, the handout's there. So no pressure to feel like you're missing anything. Cause you can definitely read through it later.
1: Yeah. All of this information that Rumi is shooting at you. I know it's like a lot of hashtags and like different things. Like it, it's going to be in that handout. So believe me, don't feel too overwhelmed on that front. Yeah. Um, okay. So from Mark Cohen, uh you might actually have this in a handout. I'll have to check, but it's uh, he asked if you could take uh, us through the steps of creating a video for use for use on TikTok.
0: Sure. And yeah, one of the things I went through in the handout was that um I find it quite intuitive. At first it's like a bit of a curve. So I'm like, oh, this is like hard. But then once you do a few, it becomes a lot easier. And so I compared creating a reel on Instagram to TikTok and I actually find the TikTok process to be easier. So i just like, I'm gonna grab my phone. I actually just posted something like an hour ago because I was like, uh, I have to post something before this thing starts. Just me, yeah. you know, yeah. being like, it's my posting day, Monday motivation. Don't wanna miss that hashtag, right? For sure. uh, but yeah, so like, uh, so there's like how you can do up to three minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so you pick, you know, you just pick like upload, then you can choose multiple things and you can actually mix video and photo. And I feel like that is kind of cool because it gives, if you're doing like a reel, it gives it like a nice variety. So it's like, you know, a short clip and then, and then a burst of photos and then another short clip, and then you can add music to it. And, And you just like click on it all and then you do next and then it uploads it. Um, It's very easy to add closed captions. So if there's a voice in your video, definitely do that for accessibility. But literally, that's just another button that you press. And then when you want to add music, there's a music note at the top. You just click on that and then you choose your music. You add a caption and then always add a cover with some text just so because that's what people see in the first second. So they just know what it's about. And then if it's enticing, like, oh, you know, my first book signing and people be like, huh, then they'll watch it when it shows up in their feed. And and that's really it. Like, that's what I did today. And um, I posted it. And of course, like me saying all that now sounds more simple than probably when you do it. But honestly, yes. we do it three or four times. Then you're just kind of like, like I was watching Gilmore Girls and I was like making my <laughs> reel right now. And then I was like posting it. Um, so it definitely gets easier. Um, and I, I, I could never get that ease of use with Instagram. So then to save time, then what I do is I post it, it automatically saves on my phone. I literally just upload it to Instagram. I usually just change the music cause I have better music
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then I just add a caption. And then I also have an Instagram reel and I feel like Instagram reels for me get way better views. So it's just, just a way for me to double my impact with half the work.
1: Awesome.
0: So if you, um, so, so you're connecting your TikTok videos to your Instagram account. So I'm not connecting it, uh, per se, but when I post it, it automatically saves in my camera roll. Oh, nice. And then, and then yeah. And then I just open Instagram. Um, and then I post it there just because I know once the reels go in the explore section, there's just something about the reels. Like you have more potential there. Like sometimes I'll post a reel and it gets like 3000 views. And I just, I didn't do anything. Like, I don't know how, uh, that happened. Um, so I, I try not to miss the opportunities to double up and do the Instagram reel.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Do you find that your audience between Instagram and TikTok, that they don't cross over much or, or do they do?
0: No. You like, don't. I, I don't know who the hell these TikTokers are, but like, thanks for following me. <laughs> like mostly, no, like occasionally I'll recognize a username, but those are people like me who I know from other mediums. And they're
1: like, okay, I guess I'm going to open a TikTok account. <laughs> no. I don't know who you people are, but, uh, yeah, but thanks, thanks for watching. Guys. <laughs> I love that. So, so I mean, there's a ton of social media platforms out there. I mean, if, if you're, you know, I feel like if you're pulled in so many different directions, it's very difficult. It's almost like being a master of none or not having enough time to really give to each and every platform in terms of like making it profitable or, or beneficial, you know, to your creative journey. So if if you had to kind of choose, you know, which platforms between Twitter or Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, I mean, you're saying that these audiences, they're they're not jumping platforms necessarily. Like, which ones would you tend to focus on as a creator? I mean, do you do you have an answer to that question?
0: I would say if you're in your journey, where you know, let's say you have a website and you're working on some stories, you're submitting, or you're still deciding between self published and traditional, or you're writing screenplays, you're entering contests. Um, if you're in that phase, I think Twitter is huh. the place to be because you know, those hashtags. It's like, because that's the phase where, you know, you need your people, you know, yeah. you need to know you're not alone. Like that was so important for me, especially like during all the rejections or, you yeah. know, being self-published and, and feeling validated on some level, but on another level, knowing that in the background, some people are probably thinking, you yeah, well, anybody, could do that. So whoop de doo So it's like, there's all these emotions that go with it and you have to, you know, your mental health and self-care and all that stuff. So when you're figuring out who you are as a writer, when you're developing your voice and all of that, you need people. And, you know, Instagram, that's a place where people show off their fake lives, right? So you're not really right. going to find your people there. TikTok, I still don't know what the fuck's going on there a lot of the time. Like, I mean, unless you just feel like dancing, I mean, fine, go there. If that's your outlet, sure. The dancers are like, like yeah. If you're just like, I'm on the internet, and does anyone hear me? Is there anyone out there? I would spend your time on Twitter if your time is limited. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. I just. found found like over the last five or six years I'm like this is just like a weird place with like fake news or like I don't know my grandma I don't know but I don't spend a lot of time there but I do still post on my writer page because a lot of my loyal self-published fans follow me on Facebook so I don't want to neglect them like they're the ones that have been there for me and they're still there for me but what I do to save time is if I post something on Instagram I just repost it On my Facebook. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But if you have like a book out. Or a book coming out next year. I would say spend your time on Instagram. Because the bookstagram hashtag is very powerful. And a lot of bookstagrammers will see your posts. When you use that hashtag. They'll like your posts. Hmm. And it's just because it's all about the aesthetic.
1: Right. Right.
0: Bookstagrammers love posting like stacks of books and a flat lay and and their book reviews are really big on there. And especially for the romance genre, so I write adult romantic comedies, I find more of my readers there, I feel, than anywhere else. Um, In terms of TikTok, if you have a book coming out, I think that's almost more important once your book has come out, um, because oh. my publisher was sending out influencer copies, so they had their own list. But then they were like, "Do you have a list of people you want to send it to?" So I actually searched the book talk hashtag, and because I my book is has a poc lead, and and you know I'm going through book talk and the algorithm, it seems to favor, you know, young white women book talkers. So I actually just, so I had to search book talk plus POC to find POC book talkers, which was hard to find. I found a few. So I said to my publisher, Hey, can we send them a book? And then one of them with like 15,000 followers who is a South Asian, like me posted about my book and it gave it a lot of exposure. So I think it's useful, like in a marketing way. But I wouldn't worry
1: about it too, too much when you're in the run-up um, sure. to your book. So it's almost like you're kind of like leveling up. You know, you start at Twitter and then you go to Instagram and then you hit up TikTok right out, right out there at the end with the book launch
0: yeah. yeah. And then I still come to Pipeline Authors every week because I just love hanging
1: out <laughs> with everyone because they're so cool. Yeah, well... We should have, well, hopefully we'll get more people to jump into the, into the MOOCs. I think we had over uh, 150 registries uh, tonight for your talk. So, which is awesome. Really. Oh, hi guys. That's yeah. Awesome. Okay. So really fast from Paula. She would like to know, uh, like comparing, how would you compare having an author artist website to being on social media? So, I mean, I, I feel like the, it, it's just kind of a functionality difference, right? hmm I feel like I have a book
0: section on my website and I feel like it's just in an, like no one goes there it's just like collects dust
1: yeah. so virtual
0: dust so for me personally I think just being like in the moment being in the conversation is more important than being like here is this permanent link of some of my stuff. Just for me personally, that's been my
1: experience. Gotcha. Okay. That is good to know. I mean, you would suggest, I mean, having an author website, I'm assuming, I mean, it's it's kind of like one of those necessities that you need, or, or would you say no?
0: Um, well, I initially, because I already had a copywriting website for my portfolio, but then I was like, wait, I want to show the world that and I'm an author who happens to be a copywriter. Like that's how I want to be seen now. Um, because that's what my dream and that's what I want to do. And I want to write more books, but I still copyright. So I changed my website to focus more on my author stuff. And there's a section on copywriting. So yes, it's nice to have it there. But that being said, I can't really think of a lot of examples where someone was like, do you have an author website? Like mostly they just go on my social media or maybe more so my blog. So I, I write all about my book journey on my blog. And even though I only have time sometimes to post like a few times a year, I feel like people go there more often to find out about me than like formal website. Like this is a page with my work and this is my bio. Um,
1: it's just become less important, at least in my experience. Probably people would go to your website if like they're looking to, you know, like pick up your book. You know, like like they're looking to acquire like one of your manuscripts or they're trying to figure out, you know, if you as an individual is it, it's like a working relationship that they would want to partner with or something, you know, to find out more about you. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mm-hmm. guess. But what do you mean by book? Like a published book or No, like like if somebody's actually like if you submitted Maybe you're out on submission or something like that. I could see an editor or publishing house potentially going to your author's website, you know, like to check you out before actually putting in an offer on your book or wanting to pick it up. Okay, I mean, maybe. I, guess, I don't maybe know. I mean, can you can tell me. Is there any editors on this chat? Where are they? Maybe they do. Uh, I don't maybe. Know. That's a good question. I'm curious. I we actually had a session with an editor. um, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago or whatnot, but uh, let's see. Do, do we have any editors in our chat over here or no? Okay. So we have an aunt, Anthea. totally agree with the website. It's a necessity, but doesn't get visits. Although I do blog on the website and post it post on Twitter monthly. So it's oh. a necessity, but it doesn't get visitation. That's yeah. So I was like-, like, it collects
0: dust, but I mean, I guess once you do it once you don't have to, Change it or maintain it too often. So maybe it's worth mm. it, to do it. Got it. That's yeah. And I also am terrible at any sort of making website stuff. So
1: I used Squarespace. I found that to be pretty easy. Um, okay, good. Yeah. Well, it's making me almost regret the uh, hiring a, a person to actually build me a website <laughs> this past month. So I'm just like, well, the guys, you know, oh well. <laughs> but you know, what? It's, it's, it's you know what? I'm
0: sure it looks better because I'm sure someone goes to my website and they immediately know, <laughs> Oh, you use Squarespace, huh? <laughs> like, you, use those,
1: you use those widgets, huh? <laughs> okay. You're going all down on your website. I love it. Okay. So from uh, Mark Jordan. So this is more of a, I think a technical question. Does it work to post videos that don't include your face or in his face, can I make the videos about my stories and not about me? What do you think? Yes. And
0: actually, I'm glad you asked that. That is a section of my handout, which was basically, do I have to pour myself out and constantly <laughs> <laughs> show my face? And the good news was that I tried it both ways. And I was like, oh, um, so when I do text on screen with interesting images, I was getting a really like equally good amount of views and like, so likes to views ratio when I didn't have my face or maybe people just didn't want to see my face specifically. I don't know, but it worked out well for me. And so again, that's where um, Canva was really helpful to me because There are a lot of times when I don't want to just be sitting there talking, but I still want it to look visually appealing. And I feel like that's where Canva really comes in handy in terms of like, oh, like I did one reel or video on TikTok where I just shared some of my favorite quotes from the book, but then they happened to animate in a nice little calligraphy. And I did that using Canva Pro. So, and my face was nowhere and that was nice.
1: That is that is kind of nice. I think one of the reasons that I've like hesitated on the TikTok realm is because it, it feels like you're just front and center in front of everybody, almost like a fish tank effect. And so I, I think it can be a little intimidating, you know, but if you can orient, you know, your TikTok account around the narratives themselves, I feel like that's a lot more doable, maybe. Yeah, it feels a lot less uh,
0: scary. Yeah. And like, in the beginning, I was like, you know, reading articles about how do I get more TikTok followers? And again, this goes into like, you know, you don't have to lose yourself, like manage your expectations, but be yourself at the end of the day. So for me, it was like, well, if I posted five times a day, every day, and if I danced and if I do the, which is now a huge thing, like the fucking like lip syncing, let me like lip sync to a song, like when I'm typing. Now, listen, the people who enjoy doing it, I admire you because you all look like you're having a good time. But if I did that, you would see the despair in my eyes of like, (laughs) why am I doing this just to get more followers? And so, so for me, like six months in, yeah, maybe I could have had a thousand followers by now, but I have like 300, but you know what? I'm comfortable with that because I can like look at myself in the mirror and like there's just things I'm not comfortable doing. So I will I will show my face sometimes, but a lot of time I just I want to share my work. I want to share a quote from my book, or I want to share what my book's about. Um, so I and I don't want to post every freaking day because I don't have time to do it. So maybe I'm like the slow and steady version of it, but I'm
1: personally comfortable with that. Yeah, do what makes you comfortable on that. That makes sense. So, um, I have, I think her name is Anthea. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I apologize, but she's asking if like, so it, or she's heard that social media users don't really respond to like ads for purchasing books. It sounds like to her, a kind of futile purchase specifically on Facebook. Do you feel like purchasing ads on Facebook or other social media platforms is a waste of time? Um so I did some experimenting in the
0: last couple months. So my findings were uh TikTok when I did like specifically an Amazon link. So you can do different types of ads on TikTok. So you can do I want more views and it's simply that. You can do I want more followers um and I guess that helps. So I don't I don't know how much where those people come from or if they're useful followers to you, but that's an option. You can also do link. So a few different times I did my Amazon link and I found that if the videos were short enough, cause it seems like people have low attention spans um, and a mix of text and images, like it didn't have to have me in it at all. And twice, um, the result was in like the top 25% of, of links to like people cl- actually clicked on it. Mm. Um, I don't know the exact sales, but like at the end of the day, it's like, you don't know the exact sales on like a billboard either. But if, if it's telling me that, you know, your number of la- clicks were like in the top 25% of these types of ads and I spent $6, I'm like, okay, I think that did something. Um, and similarly with Instagram, um, So I I notice as well, like the the website taps, they call it, um, I find to be a lot higher than on Facebook. Facebook, I think I get the least amount. That might be, though, because the algorithm is punishing me because I don't go on Facebook very often. No, I, I really do feel like it's vindictive that way. Like I noticed... I hadn't been on in so long and then I wanted to share something. And I'm like, where is everyone? Like, why did I only get five likes? And I think that's the algorithm, you know. You're, I think you're I'm- ignoring Facebook. So Facebook ignores yeah, you. Yeah. So it's like, screw you. Oh, you don't like us anymore. And whereas on Instagram, I'm pretty reliable. Like I'm I'm posting stories, I'm at least posting twice a week. So for me personally, I find um the ads to be more effective there, but I absolutely get clicks.
1: So that's been my experience. Awesome. And I think you were kind of answering this question, but Becky wanted to know, how do you even begin getting followers on TikTok? I mean, you said that yours just came out of nowhere. So like, like where do they come from? I mean, you said um,
0: so sometimes in the beginning I was like, you know, my book's getting closer to coming up. I want to advertise the pre-orders. So I would do that. I want more views and I would spend like $6 here and $6 there because I had my own personal marketing budget that I was willing to do because for me, my journey, it's not just about this one debut book that came out. Um, this has been a dream in the works over a decade. And so my intention is that this is only the beginning, right? So right now, the co- the cost of customer acquisition is going to be at its highest, right? Because nobody knows who I am. So I'm willing to look at my discretionary income that I'm not spending on Starbucks or whatever, and periodically put it into advertising to get more views. And so I would get more followers when I would periodically promote a post, people would also follow me. And so over the six months, that just like slowly grew. Um, Instagram, especially, I find to be valuable new followers. Like for example, the two people that came to my book event. And so my goal is just like, okay, I might get the ROI on these people later over time. Like when my sequel comes out next year, or maybe through word of mouth when they tell other people about the book, but it's absolutely worth it for me to try to acquire these readers now. And, and so, yeah, that makes the. I am sorry. I work in marketing. So I say things like, the cost of customer acquisition—that must be really annoying.
1: <laughs> but I was literally working all day <laughs> until five o'clock. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. And My that, I, I, we actually have kind of a follow-up on that train of thought because somebody wants to know, as a successful published author, which you are, can you estimate how much time per day, per week do you spend on actual writing versus social media? Like, how do you like balancing those two? Like, like how much time? Um, I will
0: say I have waves. So like, after my in the run up to my book a month before, and right up until I went on vacation, I was just my primary goal was to put my book out there to have a good launch to have stay in the conversation. So even though I have a version of like the sequel has to get done probably sometime in September, I'm a procrastinator. So I, I have to, compartmentalize a bit. So I was like, these are the two months where I'm going hard on social media. Mm -hmm. So I've been spending my time on that. And I, and I hope my publisher is not on this call because I've not (laughs) been spending my time writing. And I'm like, yeah, it's going great. Uh, um, But, you know, I came back from vacation doing this zoom and I just had my first book signing on Saturday, but now after tonight, it's like, okay, bitch, you need to write this book. So I'm actually going to be slinking away a little bit, um, from promoting stuff on social media. So it's going to be a lot less time. Like maybe I'll repost an old post or come up with something quickly, but absolutely. I'm going to cut that time that I spent on it by 90%, like in the next two months,
1: probably really focus. And when is, when is that draft due? Like, when are you trying to pump it out? Uh, uh there's a couple dates that were discussed. I need to confirm with
0: them. But <laughs> I would love it for it to be like at least mid-September, late September. Um, but do need to confirm that because that sort of was discussed verbally, but I need to make sure like that's still cool. So in my next call, um, that's what we're gonna discuss. Um, but just things that I learned like about the industry and stuff. So I had to actually submit my first four chapters end of May which was crazy because it was like two weeks after my launch. I was like, what are you talking about? All I care about is my launch. But it was because there was a sales conference coming up with all the retailers. So you need to like give them a taste of the first four chapters and get them hooked. So that at least is already done. Um, That's good. And luckily, because I already know the format, it's easy to outline, like each chapter is going to be an hour, and it's a sequel, and I know the characters, so I don't have to like
1: work on character bios. And Hmm. so that helps. That does help. So I mean, I mean, it sounds like you're pretty organized in the writing realm, like in terms of like, you have kind of a a date that you're shooting for, you, you probably plan things out. Do you similarly do that in your social media posts and like how often you, you put things out. I mean, do you keep like, even like an Excel spreadsheet or, or do you have things timed out to where you, you post this many times or or things of that nature, or is it just kind of like free flow for you? You know, I tried to
0: maintain free flow, but I would say like three months before the launch, like shit got crazy. I was like, I have a full-time job. I have all like these things to post. And I'm actually going insane. So (laughs) I did create a spreadsheet in Google drive, um, just basically a content calendar. So each tab was a month. And then, so I basically put, these are the days I want to post like something. And this is the topic. And basically I would put it in red, which knew that I had to like, make it in Canva Pro. So I knew that, oh, you haven't done that. You want to do it on Thursday. And then I would change it to green when I had no, I would change it to black when I had made it, but I still had to post it. And then I would ultimately turn it green when I had posted it. So it was like I was like very type A. Hey, I love that color coding. It. it helps so Honestly, much. Honestly, the tabs and the color coding really helped. I, it was just at a certain Oh, look at Erica. She's like, yes, I know. She loves that,
1: that is so Erica's wheelhouse. That's yeah.
0: True. So there's just a certain point where you're like, I can't keep all this information in my head. Like, it's all just yeah. going to spill out of my ears.
1: So, yeah. 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 So we have just a couple more questions here and we'll be wrapping her up. Can you believe that we're almost at an hour? Almost? What? Oh my god, yeah. I think like I barely talked. Good thing I made the handout. Oh. Yeah, you should take a take a take a sip right there because you, we blew through I don't know how many questions on there. So that was awesome. But um so thoughts on YouTube. We haven't really mentioned that tonight. So do you utilize YouTube at all? I mean, what what are you or is that just another that YouTube? that's another one? I mean, I utilize it for funny videos
0: <laughs> oh, for, per- for personal use, you just, <laughs> yeah. like
1: search, you know, cat like, whenever,
0: okay. whenever I ask people, have you watched the show? I think you should leave. And they have no idea what I'm talking about. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to send you the clip. And it's always the clip of where he's at the job interview. And when he's opening the door the wrong way, and he's like, it goes <laughs> both ways. And then he breaks the door hinge. And it's like the most hilarious. <laughs> two minute clip that I send to everyone. So that's pretty much, um, my extent of YouTube knowledge okay. Do people use that for marketing. I don't, know, I'm actually curious. Does anyone know?
1: Well, I've been curious. I've actually seen like, um, like writers use YouTube for like, like weekly blogs or like, like, um, like progress blogs or something like that. Like video, like what are they called? Oh, video, video blogs, blogs, you know? So I don't know. I mean, that could be interesting if it's utilized oh, cool. in a cool way I for you. Said there's like writer tube. What? I should check there's that writer out. tube. Hmm. Wow. We just learned something new.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: That is really cool. Thanks for sharing. I did not know about that. So Chelsea is asking, oh, I think that this is a follow-up. So per hour, how many hours per week do you spend posting specifically? Like, what do you think? Like on average?
0: Uh, I would say like, oh, so I'm going to take out book launch time. Cause that three p- week period was like, yeah. Unprecedented.
1: That was crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I would say like on Instagram, I try to post like two or three times a week. Um, okay. when it's a photo, it's really easy, maybe one reel a week. So then maybe one or two TikToks a week. Uh, and, and if I'm utilizing Canva pro, at least one of those times, I would say like three hours a week, nothing too intense. Um, I wouldn't really count Twitter just because Twitter I use for fun and to rant. And so like when I'm taking a break from work and I'm drinking a coffee and I'm just like, go on Twitter and I'm like more doom scrolling dumpster fire. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like I do a bunch of tweets. So I don't count that as work.
1: Um, but yeah, maybe like three hours a week. That's not bad. That's not too bad. So whenever you said you're going to like pull back, you know, from, from your social media interaction in order to really focus in on your book, you know, so do you put out like a post just saying, Hey, I'm going to be off social media for a while, like just saying bye for now, or, or do you just like go silent? Well, I'll
0: I'll still on a personal level, like if I'm sharing a story, I'll still be around because that takes me like two minutes to post. I guess what I won't be doing as much of is like, okay, I'm going in Canva now and I'm creating a whole new thing with graphics like I have a bunch of existing projects and I might slightly tweak those and repost them, which doesn't require a lot of work. Um, I'll still be around probably like once a week or like a throwback Thursday, like, because a lot of times if it's something about Paris, cause I was in Paris in May, I can, you know, relate it back to my book, but only spend like five minutes on the post. So I guess I'm just like pulling back from like the content calendar and all the organizing and yeah, that. Makes like that. Sense. Uh, I don't really, I see people say, you know, Oh, just letting you guys know. And I, I always kind of be like, what are you like JLo what do I care like go I don't care like why are you telling me this so I don't know for me it feels like oh like do I really think I'm that important that I have to like sign off but maybe that's just me and because I'm a middle child and it's self-deprecating but I'm like why does no one cares if I'm gone for like three
1: weeks so I wouldn't do that (laughs) that's right you have a question from the Erica Davis over here. She is wondering if you could only use one social media platform. Why from Erica, on out. Which would it be? Erica always asks those tough questions about snacks and all this stuff, you know. As Mindy Kaling would say, or as Kelly
0: Kapoor in the office. Number one, how dare you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: number two, oh, that's tough. You know what I love Instagram and stuff, but I have to say, like you know, when it when I was in the pandemic and nothing was going on, like I had nothing to post because I wasn't traveling. Right, I was doing I was freaking at home. Twitter was pretty much the one I use. I can, I can't. I need, I need my
1: Twitter. Twitter. I need my people. I'm going with Twitter. Twitter. All right. Yeah. Well, there you got it. You got your answer. No, you Jim. Saying,
0: oh, LinkedIn oh. means nothing. <laughs>
1: That's yeah, i actually well, i use I linkedin i do have a section on linkedin a small section like okay, that. that's good because that that makes me feel like this you know like I'm putting money into an author's website and I'm using LinkedIn so apparently I'm doing everything wrong uh, from this session but that's okay that's okay it's a good start. <laughs> uh Justin would like to know if they can reach out via email or LinkedIn with additional questions we are going to be providing Romy's contact you know like not your personal yes. email just like your Twitter and stuff um where you yeah. guys can definitely I'm reach out for thinking, more questions like,
0: What's the thing I'll see the fastest? LinkedIn, maybe not just because I'm always getting recruiter messages and like, I know those page stuff. And I'm like leaving them on red and then they'll follow up. And I'm just like, I already didn't reply to you. Why are you still messaging me? So maybe not LinkedIn, but like, if you DM me on Twitter, I'll see that for sure. And then if you're like, I have a longer question, I can give you my email address too. So why don't you just start with. Twitter. Oh, but if you're not on Twitter, actually, you can email me just Romy Mundy writer at gmail.com. Okay. Oh, well, there you go.
1: Yeah. Look at that.
0: I don't <laughs> want to discriminate for people that are not on Twitter. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's everything here. Oh, do you respond to all DMs on social media or suggest we do as or suggest just we do this writers um, just not the creepy ones it's not the creepy ones <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> you're gonna get creepy ones it happens I mean it happens I think whenever I slipped into your dms I felt like a little bit of a creep when oh I gosh, you, you even said you're
0: like I'm sorry if I'm sliding into your dms I'm like no you're normal <laughs> you're not starting it with Hey,
1: beautiful lady hey, i love you, you. About, I'm Like, what are you talking about ew <laughs> that's fair you just don't you? don't start the sentence with i love you or, or anything like that but uh so chelsea wants to know i mean chelsea's on this she's on the track for oh, this I love chelsea. she's, she's yes. asking a lot of great questions she's wondering if we respond or you suggest we respond to all comments or like them on your like, like, off, I mean, your post or anything like that? Pardon? Like, do like I, do, yeah. Do you, do you yes. respond to all comments?
0: Yes, I do. And oh, because I do not have the luxury of having so many followers <laughs> that like, I don't have time <laughs> to, like, I'm not so flooded with the comments. And I feel like when you can, when you have the capacity to, it's nice. People like it. And sometimes they reply back and sometimes you develop a bit of rapport sometimes after they'll DM you. So it does have value. Like people feel acknowledged, right? If you, if they deign to comment on your post and you have the time to comment back, but also like practice self-care. So uh, the day that my book came out, I remember showing my phone to my best friend and I'm like, too many things are happening. <laughs> and she just like, my phone. she's like, we're going to put this away now. Just, just take that. Just take that. Yeah. It. So I had to take a few days. So like practice Makes self-care. Sense. So like, I yeah. know um, in a social media thing I was in, they were like designated day where you're like, today's the day that I replied to comments just so it doesn't get too overwhelming.
1: That's good. I like that. Like, like really kind of compartmentalizing rather than allow it to kind of like take over your day, you know, because you could wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is scroll and go to bed at night. The last thing you're doing is strolling. And I wouldn't call that necessarily really great for your mental health on that
0: front. So. And I struggle, too, with like being in the moment of like three dimensional life because it's also like a high in a way. Cause you're like, oh I have a new comment. I have a new notification. Someone replied to my tweet and you're, and sometimes I'm like, catch
1: myself. Like I'm with yeah. someone in person and I'm like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And then I just have to like, you got to like, put it down. Yeah. That, honestly, that's a really great way. I think overall to close out, you know, the session tonight is definitely utilizing social media, TikTok, all these platforms, you know, for tools, but not allowing it to, to really hinder your your day-to-day, you know, if you can manage it, unless, unless you were two months out from a book launch and then it probably will take over your life. So. Well, yeah, there might
0: be a period where it's a little bit intense and, you know, but in that case too, like lean on people in your life to like support you, you know, and it'll be okay. But yeah, absolutely. Try to find the balance. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, does it, does it, do you really need to reach 10 like a thousand followers faster you need to reach 500 because then you reach it what? and then you're like now what it's that it's like that quote um from Mad Men that i love with from don draper where he's like he's like what is happiness it's mm-hmm. just the moment before you need more happiness right so right. talents every i month. love that
1: i love that <laughs> Well, I, I think we got through all our questions, Romy. I think that's going to close us out. And uh, yeah, just so everybody is aware, we are actually having another symposium session uh, next week with our very own Chantel Osman. She's one of our Pipeline podcasters for Words of Pray. Check it out on Pipeline Artists. She's awesome. She's an editor. Uh, She's actually did our debut uh, session for symposium way back when uh, well I guess not way back when this earlier this year but uh, her session coming up next week is called after the request getting your manuscript ready for submission we're going to be sending an email about that about that specifically out um, this week and uh, we hope to see you guys there so Romy thank you very, very much. for your time tonight. I really appreciate it. Oh, and we will be giving out the recording uh, for this session along with Romy's handout. Thank you so much for putting that together. So um, if you're, if you registered for the event, we should have your email address, but if not, if you're concerned about it, please email us symposium at pipelineartist.com and we'll make sure you get the recording. So Thank you, Chelsea. Side note, please find me on social media. I love you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Chelsea was like (laughs) amazing tonight with all of her like rapid fire questions. She kept us going here. I love
0: everyone. I just want to thank everyone for coming and I hope it was useful. I hope you got something out of it. And maybe later when you examine the handout, I hope you find something useful. But yeah, so I really I wanted to do all this because I was like, I just want to like put something out into the universe where it's like, these are the things that I learned and I just want to impart anything I can, if it's useful,
1: because it's all about the community. Yes, it is. Giving back into it. All right.
0: Symposium is brought to you by Pipeline Artists, a division of Pipeline Media Group. To learn more about upcoming live symposiums, visit symposium.pipelineartists.com and follow us on
1: Twitter at Pipeline Artists.